You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we continue on our exclusive coverage of Third Watch, a recap series on Third Watch as we move on through the third season. We're into the fifth episode entitled Adam 553, first day of November 19th, 2001. The teleplay on this one was by John Wells and the story by John Wells and Scott Williams and it was directed by Jesus Salvador Travino. What a good name. What a great name. Uh, good episode, this one. Plenty to talk about, as always. My name is Ben and my music, crazy, crazy, crazy. <laughs> oh, man, that was a good one. My name's Darvell and be, re- be prepared because this is a long one. I had dreams... Although hard to remember them now, they were always vague at best. Can't say I ever really did much of anything to make them happen, though. So after high school and four years at City College in business administration, I got a job selling stereos. Two years of that, and I moved into office supplies, but I was bored. Hell, let's be honest, I was bored to death. Even went to an Air Force recruiting center to see what it took to be a pilot. Turns out it would take better eyesight. So I'm walking down the street, and I see these medics pulling this poor old lady out from under a bus. They were yelling and covered in blood, and for some reason, I thought it looked like fun. It reminded me of the time when my grandmother was sick, and these paramedics saved her life. And so I'm thinking I should check that out. And you know what? It has been fun. I got lucky. I found something I was really good at and lots of people never do. So 16 years later, here I am still doing it. You start learning, you start out. Oh gosh, what is it? (sighs) Hold on, let me get my bearings here. (laughs) Got so far into it too. You start something, you're just learning, and then before you know it, you've been there almost half your life. It's who you are. But... That doesn't mean this is all I ever wanted to be. It doesn't mean I still don't have dreams. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've just uh, entered the table read, I feel, for uh, Adam 553. Uh, <laughs> that's the longest quote I think we've ever had uh, off the, the get-go from an episode. Good job. Was that all off by heart? Well, I... I recorded. I recorded me. Um, what I recorded me watching the episode, then I played it back. Right, and then I just I just practiced it before we went on. Look at you rehearsing. Just practiced it, wanting to do the sort of the radio play of this episode. That's what you're trying to do, isn't it? Right. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to be a broadcaster. Might as well get my practice in. Good right? job. Good job. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a this is a good episode. I like this episode. Um, I, I kind of. I always forget about this episode. It's kind of weird. It's, it's. I mean, it's maybe it's just a season three thing, and the fact that, as I've kind of said, a lot of season three and four gel into me together. So you know, a lot of these episodes, when I just think back of sort of random third watch episodes, don't necessarily stand out as much as the first two seasons, or even some in season five and season six. But yeah, this is this is a you know a great episode. In fact, it's very well acted. Um, I think kind of we, we move back slightly into that sort of solo episode on, on our characters. We obviously have a doc episode here. We get a bit of Michael Beach narration, or in this case, uh, Darvell Stewart narration. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a fascinating episode that I think, um, you know, kind of gets lost along the way in terms of the, the memories of some people in Third Watch. Man. You know, this episode actually reminds me of 
alone in a crowd from season one, episode 11. That's what it was. And Sully's little monologue to Maggie at the end of it about how, you know, he, he just doesn't know where his, he just doesn't know where his life's gone and how yeah. it feels like the only thing he has is being a cop. That's a good point. Doc is the, Doc is the Sully of the paramedics. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're very closely related, as we kind of have gone over that a lot. It's kind of like, you know, how Bosco and Carlos are sort of very closely related. You've got Kim and, um, you know, Yokus have some similarities, and kind of, you know, Davis and Carlos have, you know, there's all these connections, I guess, in between them all. But yeah, you're right. And um, I think kind of, it's interesting, this episode, in kind of our grand scheme of Doc's downward spiral into, you know, absolutely shitness. Um, that, I mean, this is kind of a, a nice little background story for Doc. Like, I mean, with everything that you just said there about him, you know, we learn a fair bit about what he wanted um, and things like that. And, yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting. We get this whole paramedic of the year thing kind of set up a little bit here as well. Um, and then, obviously, we get a bit of resolution to, you know, Kim and what happened to her last season. And, uh, you know, obviously we've got a bit of Yokus and Fred stuff going on here too. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's 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 a good episode. Jimmy Kim, you know, there's plenty going on this episode. And um, kind of as we've, we've often sort of, you know, we pointed out last week and sort of we've come to realise when it comes to the production numbers and kind of what these orders of these episodes were originally meant to be, you know, pre-9-11 happening. You know, this was meant to be the second episode of the season. So, uh, and I think it's a solid second episode. Uh, as if it would have been, you know, like if this would have been the second episode, much similar, obviously, to what we, you know, had in season two, how, you know, Faith was a great second episode. Uh, this would have been a very solid second episode had 9-11 not happened. So, um, yeah, I think kind of it's, um, you know, it's, it's one of these ones that I feel that maybe should be remembered a little bit more than it is because there's definitely some very good stuff in this episode. So, yeah, um... I don't know if you have and much memories of this. Very good insight or... into, who, into who Doc is. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. And kind of, Doc's got very similar, I guess, flashbacks when it comes to a lot of his stuff, when he's not, you know, admitting that he killed someone in the past and stupid Beverly shows up. But um, thankfully, she's nowhere to be seen in this episode, so that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, can you imagine just like kind of going what you said, obviously, with this little opening, uh, you know, narration there. Can you imagine Doc selling stereos or office supplies? I can't imagine him doing that. No, no, I, re- I really, I really can't picture it either. I mean, because I don't know. It's, it's, it is kind, of, it is kind of bizarre. Like, did they still call him Doc even then? <laughs> no, I kind of, I would have assumed that Doc was something that came on when he was on the job. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, the one thing I do like, particularly about this whole sort of introduction, is kind of. You know, I always forget that they sort of have to retcon themselves uh, in regards to the flashback that Doc had last season. So, um, sort of the bit where he's saying, like, you know, I was going past and I saw these people, you know, uh, help. Like, when he's, he's talking about the bit where he sees the paramedics helping on the side of the street and that he thought that, you know, it looked fun. I'm kind of thinking, like, well, hang on a minute. No, but we had a flashback last season where we saw you sort of, like, hanging with some paramedics and <coughs> you staring on and you got given a little, you know, badge. I'm like, isn't that where you picked it up? But that's kind of where I like the fact that they sort of retcon themselves by saying, it reminded me when they, when I was younger and we saw, you know, I saw them on my grandma. And, I mean, maybe I'm Maybe just, that was when it happened. Maybe I'm remembering that scene differently, but I swear that was a man they were helping in that scene back in season two. But, um, you know, it's it's it might not have been. But so I just, yeah, I kind of like how they sort of, you know, as much as I criticise Third Watch for often forgetting a lot of things along the way for continuity purposes, this is <laughs> definitely one which is kind of, it's a nice little thing that they remember. 
So, um, yeah. yeah, it's, I mean, I, I, I give it props for, for doing this little, just a little thing. And, and is, is this the first time we officially find out that how long he's been a uh, paramedic for 16 years? Has that ever been mentioned before? Um, it was mentioned in the infamous Beverly episode mm. last season. Okay. Oh. Cause I think she, I think she asks him, how, I think she asked him how long he had been doing it. Mm. And at that time it was 15 years. Okay. There you go. Look at that. That's, um, a little subtle thing. I just, I just apparently like to block Beverly out from memory. If there's any Beverly conversation going on, I'm just like, go away, Beverly. No one wants to, no one wants you. Go help, go help Horatio on CSI Miami. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to scroll through here quickly. This is on, according to IMDb, the, the user ratings, this is a very lowly ranked episode. This is like in the bottom 15. I would definitely disagree with that. What? I mean, it's not Blast a, for me. it's not a top 20, 30 episode, but it's definitely not a bottom 15 episode. So, um, hmm, I'm looking forward to rating these episodes because I really think our ratings will stand up yeah. a little bit further than, uh, what? Dear old IMDb user ratings will. But anyway, so um, well, obviously yeah. we started off with the narration. Doc's kind of, you know, our first time we've ever really had Michael Beach narrate an episode. Uh, but we kind of get straight into the, um, the firehouse. Carlos walking in. I've written here, Carlos, nice shirt. Um, and, you know, he's asking about Kim and complaining about Taylor. Um, you know, I love how he's just like, she's permanently premenstrual. Permanently premenstrual. Yeah. Um, and then like when... Um, Talking about hashtag couldn't get away with that today. <laughs> talking about uh, Kim, you know she might be a whack job, but at least she's not a ball buster. Um, so you know, obviously he's just trying to get away from Taylor and Doc's sort of like no. And I, I mean, I do like as much as you know they hate working with each other. It's, it's fun to see like the the Taylor and Carlos stuff because we'll get a bit of that this season. Um, <coughs> it's just funny yeah. they're back and forth. And the thing I'll say with Carlos and Taylor, it's you know. It's kind of not a huge deal over time, but I mean, kind of the way Taylor will eventually leave this show and Carlos, how he kind of deals with it. Like, I love how it comes to that point that even though these two kind of pretty much hate each other, there's obviously a level of respect there enough that, you know, when eventually Taylor will leave, Carlos, yeah, he has a great reaction to it. So I think kind of, um, it's, it's gonna, it's a nice payoff in terms of just, you know, they, they, they're at each other's throats, but. Clearly, there's, you know, going to be something good to come out of it in many ways. Yes. So, um, yeah. But um, we obviously have um, Kim here with her lawyer. Now, this guy uh, is familiar, Michael Lerner. Uh, now, I believe he was the mayor in Godzilla. He was, yeah. in As in the 1998 Matthew Broderick <laughs> Godzilla. Um, I, I love that movie. I know people say it's a shit movie, but I kind of like that one. He's like the mayor, the New York mayor in that one. I remember that most. But, he, I mean, <laughs> this is a guy who's in lots of things. I mean, you know, he's just one of those actors that you straight away know, oh, yeah, he was in this, he was in that, he was in this. But, um, you know, random lawyer here for Kim. And, obviously, you know, he's going on about, like, oh, you know, was it a suicide attempt? Um, and she's like, oh, oh, I don't know. And then kind of, you know, he makes a point of, I think it's going to work better for me. I'd rather defend someone who's com- tried suicide than he's, a, you know, a pill-popping alcoholic. Who has a has an in denial? So, um, yeah, it's which is a fair point. Yeah, uh, it's kind of interesting, and just like how he sort of like, well, how many pills did you take? Um, and I don't remember. Yeah, so um, this is obviously going to be you know a bit of a lead up kind of to to what's going to happen this episode and kind of what we're going to get for a lot of the season as well. Then we get a scene of these kids. Now, this is this to me is kind of like one of these scenes that I feel is really transitioning third watch into what we're going to get towards the end because. I mean, it was very rare in the first two seasons for us to kind of see 
the accident or what the our you know first responders actually unfold. Yeah, well, generally we see it for the first time when you know the paramedics or the police show up. It's very rare for us to see it prehand, and this will be a thing ongoing in Third Watch that it will be the opposite moving forward that we will see the crime happen before we actually see you know, the, the the responders. So it's kind of, this is, as I said, this is one of these things in these transitional sort of middle seasons to me that you kind of, you start to really pick up on. So we get this scene of these kids riding bikes and riding through the streets and we've got one who's a bit slow. We can't catch up with his brother. And just as he sort of gets closer and closer, boom, he gets uh, hit, by, <coughs> hit by a car. Uh, so <laughs> kind of sucks. Um, but uh, we'll get to him in a minute. Um, and we then cut to again no credits obviously in this episode as we keep mentioning we won't get that to episode nine um so we we're gonna but still that's where they would have come in yeah exactly for sure so we still get um you know a few little subtitles on the screen so we actually get a few time stamps in this episode so at the moment it's 305 p.m uh kim hasn't shown up um <laughs> and sort of taylor comes into to doc and you know says oh he's a moron talking about carlos and i have doc here he's an acquired taste um, and then we have Kim show up and, uh, she's late. Um, she obviously went to start at 2.30. I love how, like, Carlos, like, comes up to her and he's obviously, like, trying to say something. Kim's just like, not now, like, to Carlos. <laughs> um, it's just funny. Um, then, uh, Lou comes in, says they're, they're looking for the best paramedic in the city. It's a morale thing. Um, you know, let's put up nominations. And then straight away, everyone's just like, oh, we will clearly, you know, Doc is the best paramedic in the city or Gramps and, you know. Clearly it's the old man. But like, I get it. I get what they're doing and kind of like, you know, it's always implied that he's kind of the best. But as kind of like Doc sort of alludes to, he's like, oh, well, I'll put a ballot out there. Now, we know that these four, uh, you know, Taylor, Kim, Carlos and uh, Doc are not the only four paramedics in the, you know, the 5-5. Five five. Um, because obviously there are other shifts than the third watch. So, like, what about the people who aren't working? Like, do they get a say in this? <laughs> it's just like, nah, Doc's the best. We'll nominate they him. Probably. Well, I mean, Doc does have a pretty good rep in the five in the five five squad. So, yeah. I mean, even those who don't work with him, no doubt, know who he is and know how good he is and all that. So. Who knows? Maybe they would have voted for him as well. True, true. I mean, no question he probably wouldn't get voted. I don't know. I just think it's kind of funny that they just automatically jump down to the, the assumption straight away. But, I mean, I guess, yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, yeah. we've seen it in other sort of uh, episodes, like, I mean, in After Hours when they've got the carousel issue and, like, you know, they're in a different precinct where straight away some paramedics like, Doc, like, they all know him. So, it's kind of like he's obviously got a reputation around the city. Um, so, you know, there is that. Um so we, uh, we're in the, uh, the ambulance, Kim's getting changed, and Doc's obviously, you know, talking about, like, oh, you know, I'm 39, you know, none of that old man crap, you know, Johnson's in his 50s, and Kim, you know, oh, don't be so sensitive, I just like how he's like, yeah, nobody calls you granny, and Kim's just like, yeah, because they know they'll kick because their ass. kick their ass. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of like that. Um, then we obviously get to the scene with the kid, and... Um, you know, we've got Sully sort of, uh, you know, holding back the guy in the car. He's claiming the light was green, but they're saying he ran the light. But this is kind of our action scene, you know, Doc and everyone on the scene trying to save this kid. And which is obviously a lot of this episode is kind of, you know, it's just showing how good Doc is. Because, I mean, we all know Doc is good. We all know he's got a great reputation. We know what he's like. But this probably is really the first episode where we really see just how good he is. Um, you know, like, I mean, he's obviously trying to intubate this little boy and can't find it. So gets Kim to kind of compress on his chest so he can see some bubbles so we can then get the gap in to intubate it. Um, you know, I mean, this is just Doc, you know, going out of his way to just be awesome. Um, so 
Yeah, I, I, I love this term, like, when they're talking about the fracture on the leg and the kind of, like, when they say, oh, we just got to scoop and run. I just love it when they use that term. You know, it's just kind of like, you know, yeah, we just got to scoop and run. Uh, I don't know. I was just like that. But we yep. also, I should mention, we, we meet for the very first time, um, somebody who's a little bit of a sidekick in this season, um, Mr. Steve <sighs> Guzzler, random sort of new oh, yes. who, who I like. I like Guzzler. And I, I kind of think that, um, he's like, he plays sort of naive, scared new cop so well. Um, nervous wreck. Yeah. He just like, He's so believable as this this cop who you just feel is so out of his depth, and like, like he's such a memorable side character. I mean, from memory, and again, I'm probably wrong. He probably shows up in season four and has a sort of a love story with someone. Uh, but I'm 99 percent sure so. he's only in season three. And if I'm just looking quickly here, yep. he is in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven episodes this season. Um, so. Isn't the last one Superheroes Part 2? Um, he's in Falling, um, <laughs> which is, is that... Yeah, he's in the last episode of se- is episode 17 of this season. So, um, yeah, so he's in quite a few episodes really moving from this point on. From episode 5 to episode 17, he's in seven of these next 12 episodes. So, I mean, he's really kind of somebody who, you know, starts off kind of just like a real side person. He's there for comic relief. But he does play a, a big part uh, in some of these storylines later on. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just kind of quickly looking. So the actor who plays him, uh, Charlie McWade, actually hasn't really done a whole lot um, outside of Third Watch. Um, he actually was in an episode of Blue Bloods, apparently. Um, but he's done a lot of uh, college humour stuff online. Um, he's done some Goosebumps video games. He was in uh, Grand Theft Auto. There you go, Grand Theft Auto 4. Um, but yeah, according to IMDb, he's best known for Third Watch, Road Trip, uh, the movie, and, uh, College Humor. So, he's somebody I feel we could probably get on the show. I mean, you know, he's, he's obviously, I think, a memorable enough side <coughs> character that, you know, he'd be good to talk to. Because, yeah, Gusler was, it's a great role. And, like, we just meet him here briefly. Obviously, uh, Yokus, we're gonna find out, he's off. Uh, you know, telling at least Bosco that, oh, I'm just down Atlantic City with the kids and Fred, but she's obviously going off to get a surgery. So, um, yeah, this is Guzzler. Yep. Just kind of get used to him. He's just, you know, you'll, you'll get sort of this naive sort of guy and he'll have a few bits of comic relief in this, uh, in this season to come. But again, he gets some pretty deep shit going on too. You really, you really feel yeah. for this guy. You really kind of live their job through Guzzler and more so than you did with like Davis on the, the beginning, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm Guzzler. I, I would be Guzzler in that position. <laughs> especially when we get to superheroes oh yeah oh yeah definitely but um obviously you know he's kind of there and um doc's asking him to help uh pump the bag and sort of you know one two three squeeze one two three squeeze and you know you know bosco's got to be a bit of a dick to this guy you know sticks me with the new kid um you know you can have some days off and uh yeah we're, we're gonna get a bit of him uh you know guzzler's good just <coughs> just everybody like guzzler right hashtag everybody like guzzler that's that's my new thing i'm, I'm gonna <laughs> point out um when, when third watch do, do side characters well i'm like uh who was that one we we're talking about the other episode stew the firefighter <laughs> yeah a lot of z's yeah uh you know meh <laughs> so i dislike the guy he's just he's just the great school of meh um <laughs> So, poor Grace. Um, anyway, so, we, speaking of Fred and Jokus, uh, we're in a hospital room and Fred's watching TV. He's excited that he's got HBO. 
Uh, perfect storms on. We never saw this one. And apparently George Clooney again, as we often get a lot of little references here to George Clooney in this universe, which exists in the same world as they are, as we went over, uh, was it last season when, uh, you know, Emily and that are watching George Clooney on TV. But he's another George Clooney reference. Um, but I kind of like Yoko's here when, uh, you know, it's like, oh, George Clooney's your guy. Oh, not with that scraggly beard. Um, you know, back, this is, let's kind of just point this out, the fact this is like the early 2000s when, you know, I guess beards weren't in. At the time of recording this, you know, beards are all the rage, so, you know, clearly, um, it's kind of, this is slightly weirdly dated. Um, yeah. and hadn't George Clooney left ER by this Oh, point? God, yeah, I mean, no he one. was, he was out in the... He mid- left like, what, 99? Oh, nine, yeah, he's only in it for about four seasons. Was He was the first big one to leave. Uh, I think he was only, was he only in the first four as a star? Um, four or five. Yeah, it's but he, I mean, he, he came back, uh, I mean, the good thing about George Clooney was that kind of just on an ER tangent is that when they kind of obviously got all nostalgic towards the end when they started, you know, doing all these sort of episodes and they knew it was going to end, he came, he did come back for one episode, um, in the <coughs> middle of the, uh, the final season, which everybody was kind of thinking like, oh, Willie, Willie, you know, oh, is he too big to, you know, come back and make an appearance? Um, but no, he did, and I think kind of everybody really appreciated the fact that he did come back for a, a, an episode. Um, yeah, I mean, because it was that show that put him on the map. The, the funniest thing, I mean, not the funniest thing, but like, I, I don't know, like, I really, and again, I went really on a tangent here when it comes to talking about ER again, but I've never really kind of read too much into the ER sort of fan community to see what the reaction was, but I mean, as a fan myself, I was so mad, and this is a big spoiler if you've never watched ER and you don't realise that Dr. Green dies, well, sorry, he dies, um, but like, I always got so mad that he never showed up to Green's funeral because like, they were best friends and like at Dr. Green's funeral, you know, George Clooney couldn't even just make a little cameo appearance. Come on. <laughs> I mean, Benton did, Eric LaSalle did, but, um, yeah, anyway, I'm just saying here. So Clooney was in as a star in the first five seasons, was a special guest in season six and then came back as a special guest in season 15. So... There you go. Yeah. There's our little uh, little moment uh, when it comes to that. ER Oz, one day. I mean, definitely. That's that's one of the ones I would love to do one day, but it's such a long show to cover. Um, we're doing six here of third That'll watch. That'll take a couple of years. If we got, if we, you know, we got to the sixth season of ER, we're not even halfway. So, <laughs> yeah, really? barely even a quarter of yeah, the way. Halfway through season seven then we'll be there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, that's ER. But, uh, yeah, so, obviously, well, it's kind of ER related. We're in a hospital. Um, and this is where Yoko's is going to have a surgery. They're going to go in and sort of have a look at, uh, you know, her breast and kind of see, you know, what the deal is. So, um, you know, Fred obviously being all positive and, you know, Yoko's is saying, like, what if it's more than that? Um, you know, so they're kind of obviously just, you know, back and forth here before we get to the, um, mm. the surgery. Meanwhile, back in, uh, back with our paramedics, Kim complaining she wants lunch. <laughs> She's just talking about Chinese, Italian, Thai. Um, uh, you know, I just kind of love the way, you know, she's kind of turned into Bosco here, just completely hungry. I like Kim in this episode. Kim's like, there's something different about Kim. And we, we obviously said that, you know, she changes after everything that happened sort of the end of last season. Um, but like kind of through all this dark stuff that Kim's gone through and now we're kind of into this one. This is really the first time we see Kim not with Bobby, clearly, because, you know, since Bobby's died, hashtag rest in peace, Bobby. Um, you know, we've kind of only really seen her like in the hospital and crying and at home. So we haven't really seen her better. And this is kind of a new Kim. This is like, you know, she's a bit light and she's a bit, you know, jovial and bubbly. And, like, I'm not saying she wasn't like that with Bobby, <laughs> yeah. but, like, I don't know. Like, she was comfortable around Bobby. 
You know, she had a different way of being around Bobby. You know, she's, I guess, always talking about her problems with Bobby. And, you know, because you do that with people you're comfortable with. This is kind of... Nothing. I don't know. I just I just find that... I just like this kind of light, sort of jovial Kim. The way she's like, I'm hungry. What are we going to eat? You know, what are we going to do? And then later on in this episode, just some of the stuff she yeah. does. I like Kim in this episode. Yeah, like like imi- like imitating the crazy lady. Oh, I love that scene. She's so good in that <laughs> yeah. scene. But, like, you know, just even yeah. the stuff here with, like, Sam and just kind of, yeah... Kim's good, and not that she's never not good, yeah. but, you know, I'm a huge Kim Raver fan, so, um, but we, so we were in the subway, and uh, they've got a call for a uh, homeless guy, and apparently it's Sam, they know Sam, he's a resident drunk of the area that everybody knows, even the cops know him, um, I just love the fact that we kind of get dramatic tension, Doc has to quickly grab him from falling in front of a train, um, and then I just kind of like, you know, how uh, Kim says this, and Bosco will say this later on, I was like, oh, Sam, I thought he died last month. Um, so, you know, I love kind of just like when he's on the ground and Doc's kind of there and he's like, you know, checking on him and he's just like, good, how are you? <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> this guy's funny. And that's actually, that's actually, it's, it's really, it's really sad though when you really, when you think about it, yeah. you know, them thinking that Sam died the previous month. It's just so, it just bring without meaning to, I think. It addresses how sad it is when it comes to homeless people. Like, yeah, I mean, I think forgotten about. It's kind of a bit of a tragic story in many ways with him. The fact that, um, you know, he's kind of like this home. I mean, even like the fact. I mean, is he fully homeless or is he just alcoholic and he just goes wandering? Because obviously he's got a wife and kids and they're always looking for him. So. Um, it's interesting. And actually, I'm just looking here, funnily enough. Um, Bill, uh, Wikowski, uh, is his name. And, you know, I, I sort of nitpicked a, an episode or two ago when we had our, uh, lawyer friend who was also Leroy Brown guy. But, um, actually, funnily enough, uh, this guy has already appeared in Third Watch. Um, he was in Modern Designs for Better Living where he played R8 Captain. So, um, obviously a big role that we uh-huh. noticed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, right. yeah. Who the hell was that? I'm guessing it was a real blink and you miss, uh, moment. Was, um, what was that? What was that one where they had to, that was one where they had to get the really big woman out of the, uh, the building. So maybe he was like, yeah, one of those they, randomly- had, they had to knock, they had to knock down the wall of yeah. the bedroom to get her to, so, and then lower her through the, through the opening. So yeah. maybe, maybe that he was just one of those random people there that's kind of just is not enough that you remember him. But yeah, according to IMDB, he was, uh, in that episode as R8 captain. So there you go. <laughs> and going, and going back to that episode for a minute, I know we're flashing back. Oh, never mind. Go ahead, please. No, you're you're on the that. you're on the topic yeah. now. You may as well finish your sentence. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I mean the the woman that they had to the woman that they had to get out of that apartment. You know, some of these. You know, I can't I can't help but wonder. Okay, did they actually did they actually track down an eight hundred pound woman, or did they put her in a fat suit? Uh well, we discovered I think on that episode that that legitimately was her. Um, I think there wasn't a whole lot on her online, but, um, yeah, from what I remember from that episode, um, she was that big. So, yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, anyway, but, uh, download, wow. download that now via, uh, the Oz Network, available from season one. Um, but yeah, so, uh, they obviously, you know, get him and, you know, sort of, I do love, you know, Kim here, just kind of like bringing out her in a Carlos. You know, I'm just like, oh, I'll just go sit him on the bench and let's go eat. <laughs> like, you know, he's just, yeah. he's just kind of, is this, is this the new Kim? Like, do you think they did this with Bobby? I kind of feel they would have done this every now and then with Bobby and Bobby probably would have let her do it every now and then. Um, you know, not too much, 
But um, yeah. not to extent Carlos would, but um, yeah, there's uh, there's that. But, um, you know, this is kind of, we get a bit of a conversation, you know, Kim's wanting to eat and we kind of, this is where we find out that Doc eats with Sam and, you know, wife and kids and, um, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice, I guess. Um, yeah. And he, and that he's, he's actually a really good guy when he's, when he's sober. Yeah. And he's actually not all that bad when he's drunk either. I mean, he's not belligerent. Yeah. Or yeah. anything like that. Now, we, we obviously... Kind of a few little jobs going on here. So, you know, Kim and Doc show up to an apartment and there's a lady there having trouble breathing. And kind of Doc's just, you know, being super awesome and really helping out this lady. And obviously, like, her daughter is kind of all smiling at Doc. So, um, you know, she walks sort of in the hospital. You know, Excuse me from the ambulance. You know, thank you. Um, yeah, it was, you know, so good. And then we kind of just get... Uh, this, this isn't Nurse Mary. This is random nurse who... Um, it just, it says here on the credits, she's just nurse. So she doesn't even have a name, this nurse. She's just nurse. Um, nurse. but I'm pretty sure she's in a few episodes. She does like, I feel she appears in a couple of episodes as nurse. Um, I'm pretty sure she's in episode 11. Uh, no, apparently she's only in unfinished business and this one. So she's only in two episodes. So, uh, she was okay. ER nurse in unfinished business and now she's just nurse. <laughs> so she got demoted. Uh, she got demoted. <laughs> Sorry, nurse. You formerly were ER Whoever nurse. Whoever you are. <laughs> random nurse. But I like her. I mean, she's just kind of just random nurse who's just kind of like, oh, how the hell did you save that kid? And, you know, Kim's just like, oh, that's Doc. Um, so, you know, it's kind of nice. I like it. Um, back yeah. to back to Yokes and Fred, and we uh, obviously get her signing a form that basically <laughs> we find out that if it's worse than uh, they anticipate, that uh, she, she gives permission for a double mastectomy. Um, you know, nice little, um, nice little scene between these two. Uh, you know, Fred's obviously worried and just, you know, Yokus is just like, look, it's my body. I want him out. Um, so, you know, just a nice little scene before she heads off into surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, we have this, I always, I always remember this scene here cause I always have this in the back of my head. Whenever there's like a competition or something like that, I always remember Doc's speech here. So like, we've got them in the, uh, the ambulance and kind of, you know, Kim's like, oh, why don't you want to enter the, uh, you know, the best paramedic competition? And just the way Doc's just like, you know, why do we always have to find out who's the best? Like, you know, best sports team, best actor, things like that. And I, I always just remember that in my head. It's just Doc's monologue, well, speech, not a monologue, his speech in my head. Um, <coughs> But I just, I love, this is like what I kind of like about Kim, how she's just kind of, her personality this episode, the way, you know, Doc's going off, you know, going this, and then um, all of a sudden she's just like, Julia Roberts. And Doc's like, what? It's like, Julia Roberts, best actress. What about Julia She's amazing. Roberts? You know, she's she was so good in Aaron Brockovich. And the way Doc's just like, what? She's better than Meryl Streep? <laughs> so, you know. I just, and you were just criticizing that, Doc. I just love the way that that happens. But it kind of an interesting did kind of the timing around this is the fact that, you know, 2001, Julia Roberts was the biggest movie star in the world. I mean, Julia Roberts is still a big movie star. I'm not saying she's not, but I mean, her sort of fame has, I guess, waned. I mean, she hasn't really been in a huge hit in a long time, Julia Roberts, whereas, you know, Meryl Streep, I mean, she's still as A-list as you get. I mean, she's probably about to be nominated for another Oscar, uh, you know, at least at the time of recording this. By the time we've released this, we would have known if she would have won it or at least been nominated. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. she's just, you know, all kinds of... um Both great actresses. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I- I- I'm a big fan of both. Both of them, but uh, I, I kind of love this little conversation. The way you know he gets there and he's like talking about um, circumstances and things like that, and you know he's talking about like, oh, you know, was Lincoln really our best president, or you know, was it uh, Millard, President Millard, or something like that? And so we I'm, had a president named Miller. No, I've just looked this up. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, look, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know your knowledge of U.S. presidents. 
Um, but I found... Oh, yes, we did. Well, there's President Millard Fillmore. Is that the one, or is there another yes. president that was Millard yeah, in the name? Yeah, there, there was. I was I was quoting Kim. Right. No, no, I know you were. Oh, I know you I know you were, but I'm just... I was simply then going to myself as an Australian who's probably heard about, like, of yeah. 20 US presidents. Um, yeah. You know, I've never heard Millard of President Millard Fillmore. 13 or 14. 13th, yes. He was either 13 or 14. 13th, according to what I'm reading here. Um, I'm fascinated by the, the presence of the USA. It's, it's something that I have a weird sort of obsession with. But, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm reading him here. He was, uh, how long was he president for? Um, three years. Um, yeah. So. Well, there was a time when I could name all, when I could name them all in order. How, so there have been 45? Am I, or is there, is that right? Or Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep, we're on our 45th right now. But we don't talk about the 45th. They'll only go from 44 to 46, no, right? No, we don't, because 45th is a prick, and that's even putting it mildly. Now, now, I mean, just quickly, we're getting sidetracked, but we're here already. I mean, yeah. is, is President <laughs> Millard Fillmore regarded as a as a good president, a bad president, or is he just in the Kim mode of, we had a president called Millard? <laughs> Tell you the truth, I don't really know, because I don't remember too much about him. I did a... I did... When I was... Uh, when I was in, when I was a junior in high school, back in the oh six oh seven school year, um, we had to do a we had to do a presidential notebook where we wrote a, well we we wrote a report on all at that time forty three presidents of the U S. So mm-hmm. we had to look them all up. But I don't remember too much about Fillmore. Okay, so I've gone. And Wikipedia has an article, historical rankings of presidents of the United States, and they've got a whole bunch of surveys and rankings, and they've got an aggregate here. So, uh, I've sorted that in order. Now, where the hell does Millard fit into this? Let's find him. Um, so, uh, 43, 42, 41. He's apparently the 40th best president out of 45, according to the aggregate on this. So, um, <laughs> Three guesses is who was on 45th. Uh, so, on 45th so, but, on the list. According to this, the only presidents worse than Millard Fillmore, um, and I've only heard of uh, one of these... <laughs> Actually, no, I think I've heard of another one. Uh, Franklin Pierce was apparently worse. Andrew Johnson, James Buchanan, Warren G. Harding, and Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I, I knew I knew 45 actually, would be 45th. Well, in, in fairness to Donald, and I'm not trying to defend Donald, but he actually isn't even ranked in this. He's kind of just the, the blank column, because I guess these historical rankings, he hasn't been there. Uh, okay, he's a random, he's a, he's a top thing for you. Let's test it. Let's go while we're on the topic of presidents here. I like this conversation. Name me the top five. Darvell, who do you think is the top five? Hmm. I think, okay, FDR would definitely he's be one of the them. top five, I would think. Yep, you got one out of five. Um, Kennedy? Nope, he's not in there. Reagan? Nope. Truman? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm on a roll. Uh, Lincoln? Yes. Okay. Okay, that's two out of five. Uh, Clinton? Nope. (laughs) One's, I think, one that even I would put up there, and I don't know much about in terms of, you know, stuff. But, I mean, I kind of think he's arguably top five most remembered presidents or most, um, you know, I mean, he kind of was your first president, so... (laughs) (laughs) First one I was alive during. No, no, well, as in I mean, I first, as in first ever president. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Capital's oh, kind of named after him. Um, <laughs> Washington, of course. Uh, another clue I would say is that you already, 
Uh, I mean, I, I want to say it's his brother. I mean, he's related to one of the ones, I'm guessing. They've got the same last name. <laughs> oh, uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Yep. What are they? Were they brothers? What were they? They were cousins. Cousins. Okay. There you go. Um, all right. And the other one, I'll just, you know, we'll be here all day. Uh, Jefferson is apparently also in the top five. So there you go. Okay. Um, Kennedy is 10th, if I quickly count through that. Ra- okay, Reagan, I'm saying this right now. Reagan has to be in the top 10 or top no, 20. He's in the top 20. Um, so 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th Reagan is. Apparently, uh, according to this, Obama is one spot ahead of Reagan. So there you go. Um, Clinton is about halfway through. Um, I'm just going to the ones I remember. George H. Bush is a couple of below Clinton. George W. Bush is like bottom 10. Um uh yeah anyway that's uh president's oz coming soon after er oz apparently but anyway so there's a president called millard um yes i learned that today as well uh there you go you get educated here on uh, the oz network <coughs> u.s presidents er everything else in between. yep so um we have a scene here uh, i love kind of like we're in i don't necessarily know if this is 100 percent central park it looks very much like central park to me but it's some sort of fancy looking park in new york but i love it kind of we get a scene like this and uh Obviously, we've got a, uh, a oh, guy. Man, it's a sad scene. A guy. He's uh, had a heart attack while walking a dog with his daughter, and uh, sadly, he's dead. But uh, obviously, Doc sees uh, you know the young girl and kind of you know pretends that he's going to be okay, just to obviously not have that in in front of the daughter. And one thing I'll quickly say is that um, I haven't really mentioned the fact that uh, Doc has visions of himself. So he'll randomly in this episode see. It's kind of similar to what Davis had in the Ties of Bind when he would kind of look up and he would see his father watching him. Like this is kind of the opposite in the fact that we've got Doc will look up and he'll see Doc watching himself um but i want to point out in like, this scene uh yeah i think it's in this scene it's in about three or four scenes in this uh, episode but um i mean this is yeah i agree with you. it's a sad little scene the poor little girl obviously is uh you know keeping an eye out but uh here's another case of ben knows who this actor is this young little girl uh <laughs> you know it's kind of like she goes on to a at least one big role i say she's not you know like Leah Michelle, who's kind of a bit of a household name now after Glee. Um, Andrew, yeah. this is Andrea Bowen, who, if anybody watched Desperate Housewives, Andrea uh, Bowen. Now, yes, I watched Desperate Housewives. Uh, she was Susan's daughter, Julie Julie Meyer. She was uh, Terry Hatcher's daughter on the show, um, and I had a mad crush on her watching Desperate Housewives. I thought she was hot. Um, so yeah, this is this is her. This is um, sort of a little um, uh, Andrea Bowen. This is one of her very first TV roles. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, if anybody's a Desperate Housewives fan and you're thinking, hey, she looks kind of familiar, that's who she is. And I'm just looking here at IMDb, she really hasn't done much since Desperate Housewives, so, um, yeah, that's why I'm going to say she's not exactly like, uh, Leah Michelle, who is very well known. Andrew Bowen is probably only known if you watch Desperate Housewives, so, um, and I did. Yeah. Uh, I'm not ashamed to admit that. I like Desperate Housewives, it's a good show. Um... So then we get a, we get one of these uh, dinner dinner scenes. Uh, I love these. Just like everybody has a lunch break or a dinner scene. Um, so yeah, at seven twenty three p.m. we get that credit up on screen. But they're all around the table, um, and then we obviously hear about Bosco with Gusler, who's out in the car doing the sixty ones for the fourth time. Um, and is this is where Sally's like, "Oh, Yoko does all your reports." It's like, yeah. She likes it. <laughs> just love the way that kind of like Bosco says that. And uh, Kim and Kim and Doc sit down. Uh, Kim basically orders everything, um, you know. And then Doc's just like, "Oh yeah, I'll have some of that." 
Um, yeah, I'm not going to bother ordering my own stuff. Kim just ordered half the restaurant. Then we get Carlos and Taylor showing up and kind of just sitting down. And Davis is, you know, we've kind of got this mild little flirting going on still between Davis and Taylor. A bit of chemistry between the two. Like, oh, what's going to happen here? So he offers Taylor the seat. Um, then I just fucking love Guzzler comes in here right now. Just like... Hey, I was sitting there. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> and he just goes on. <laughs> Everyone's just a dick to poor Guzzler. But I love it. It's so funny. I just love these, like, one moment he kind of tries to stand up for himself. Like, I was sitting there. And just the look on Carlos's face. He just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. But, um, yeah, they're talking about Doc, obviously, and just, you know, what he's done and how good he is. So they're talking about having a, a float at the Thanksgiving Day Parade and a Doc balloon. I'd um, vote for him. It's just, yeah, I just love this. And kind of, you know, we've also got Doc staring out the window at himself, basically, because he's himself looking at himself and Kim catches on here. Um, a nice little scene between Kim and Doc here where, you know, she apologizes for being late uh, because, you know, he's talking about the lawyer. Um, and yeah, just obviously, um, you know, saying about how, oh, Jimmy thinks I'm an unfit mother. And then just, uh, obviously what was it here? Uh, with the way Doc's just basically like, you know, oh, you really want to know what I think? <laughs> it's like, but we get kind of like saved here by them showing up to a house. Um, they go upstairs and kind of, we've got crazy lady and drunk I'll guy. I'll play my damn music <laughs> as loud as I want to. This woman just like crazy going on. My baby, my baby's yeah. sick and how old's the baby? I just, I just love Kim. He's like, oh God, no doc, let's go. Um, and you know, there might she knows right away something's up. And the way it's just like, well, look, there might be a baby here. Then all of a sudden she comes <laughs> at him with a meat cleaver. Uh, you know, you took my baby, my baby, where's my baby? Um, and then, like, they run out of the building, uh, you know, back to the bus. And she's chasing them. Calls PD. Um, we just get these, it's just so random. Like, you're just not expecting it. Because it's so, like, it's kind of tense and it's serious. And, you know, like, holy shit, they're getting coming after a meat cleaver. Just chilling in the ambulance. And all of a sudden, Kim's just like, my baby, my baby. Crazy, 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 crazy. <laughs> just, like, dot laughs. <laughs> <laughs> they're both just cracking up at that. Oh, it's so funny. Because, like, I mean, this is kind of like, yeah. you know, we've, we've had this scene a few times, similar scenes sort of in the past when it comes to, like, <clears throat> Doc and Carlos. Like, we obviously had that, like, you know, right at the very beginning, just after Jerry was shot. They wait in the bus and they reverse. They obviously had that, you know, in four days when kind of, you know, they're in there after they're all coming after Doc. Uh, but now this is kind of like the first time we've kind of got this serious scene. And like, you know, because it's a dangerous job these guys have got to go to. Because again, they don't have weapons. They've just got to, you know, risk themselves before they've got to get PD back up. But just the fact that they can just sit in the end and just laugh about it. And just Kim and Kim yep. Raver's delivery of, you know, crazy, crazy, crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. I, re- like I really wish we could like include quotes in these episodes just to play clips from the show. But fuck, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we... we- Oh, man, shame we can't because it's so much better to actually hear them do it. Yeah, it's so um, fun. But, you know, it's kind of a – I wonder why Cleaver Lady didn't – that's what we'll call her, Cleaver Lady. <laughs> I wonder why Cleaver Lady didn't try slashing the tires of the, tires of the ambulance oh, or something. Look, I think she's just so strung up on drugs and crazy that as soon as they left the building, she probably didn't even remember that they were in the building. So I think that's just kind of what it comes down to. Um, but, yeah, so we kind of get a brief little glimmer of um, – Yokus in surgery and uh, Fred waiting, you know, not sort of a whole much there. Uh, Sam's back. He's a human speed bump. Um, he's singing. He's in the middle of the street. A singing human speed bump. I love Bosco. <laughs> you fall down or you lie down. You know, who is that, Sam? It's like, he, like I thought he died last month. Um, 
And then, like, just a random scene here, just again, just my red. Like, I'm such a Gusler fanboy. Like, I'm just really coming out here. Because I just love the fact that they're all there and they're all around Sam. You know, you've got Kim, you've got Doc, you've got Bosco. And he's all Gusler in the background. He drunk. And they just all stop and stare at him like, duh. Isn't it obvious? <laughs> just like, they don't need to say anything. And, like, again, this is me. I'm dumb, naive Gusler. <laughs> just like, you know, saying things that are so obvious, but just not realising what I'm doing. Um, so, it just it's just random. It's funny. He pukes everywhere. Uh, <laughs> Doc's Including got, on Doc's shoes. Well, it's kind of gross when we're in the ambulance and Kim's sort of saying, like, oh, should we go back to the house and change your shoes? And, like, you just see this little blink-and-you-miss scene of Doc scraping vomit off his shoes. It's kind of gross. Um, but, obviously, they're driving back to the hospital, uh, and on the way through, they've got to drive past a house, and the fire department are there, and what's going on here? Here's Lou. Uh, they've been called for a fire, because somebody's, like, lit some candles. Yep. But uh, they've just discovered a woman. She's slit her wrists. Um, she's in the bath, and, uh, obviously... Kind of, this is all implied that, you know, mm. Kim's sort of staring onto this as well. Jimmy's kind of, you know, giving Kim some deep looks. And Kim obviously has a bit of a flashback here of, you know, what happened to her, of course. <laughs> um, and then, you know, through all this, I think the most confronting thing about this is kind of like just sort of the real lack of over-the-top music and just kind of the way you just kind of get this long shot. It's kind of, it's, it's what makes it, I think, disturbing and confronting is the fact that they hold on to it for a long time. It's like maybe about, you know, 15 seconds of them just kind of working on this uh, woman, but the kid is just standing there. The kid is just standing there and just staring, and, like, no one notices, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they notice, and, oh, shit, the kid, you know, DK, the kid, take it out. Um, and it's just kind of like, it's just what I think the fact that makes it confronting is they just hold it on this kid for a long time, so... Um, yeah, and they obviously, they get this woman, they, they quickly save her, um, and then on the way through, uh, back, we obviously see, uh, Sam, he's, he's, uh, sober, he's doing a magic trick to the kid of the, uh, the mum, and kind of, you know, Kim's watching I like that moment. Yeah, yeah, Sam, Kim's watching on, and just kind of like, Kim's random line, though, he's like, should we get Sam away from that kid? Oh, he's a drunk, not a pedophile. He's a drunk, not a pedophile. Yeah, I, I don't know, like, I mean, I can kind of see why she says it, but again, that's also like... That's a society issue. I, I, I always like. I think that's you know, it's one of these things that because I because I bet and I'm I'm going I'm going to say it. I bet had I bet had Sam been Samantha, Kim wouldn't have. Said yeah, I mean that. that's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, like I mean in terms of, I mean it's it's kind of almost like one of these subtle sexist things in society. And like, oh, you're not allowed to say that because you can't be sexist against men, which is I call bullshit on it. You can be. And I mean again, you're right. Like it's kind of a prejudged thing that automatically, if a man of a certain age is around a kid, there's automatically, oh, is that safe? And it's like, well, that's not right. Like, you know, don't always imply that a man's going to be a pedophile around a child. You know, again, as you said, you're not going to be thinking that if it's a woman. So, but, you know, anyway, it's sad. It's whatever it is. Um, so, and then kind of this is just a line where Kim just sort of says to Doc, like, you probably are the best paramedic in the city. It's a nice little line. Uh, Yokus is awake. Yeah. Uh, she's still got both of her boobs. And they're still there. They got, uh, got rid of it all. The margins are clear. Um, but they're still going to send some stuff off, and uh, what they found was encouraging uh, a couple of lymph nodes off for uh, tests, which I guess is, um, you know, fair enough. That's what they do in these situations. Meanwhile, Doc and Kim, uh, college football, they're talking about uh, Doc's going to watch it tomorrow because he's got the day off. Michigan are playing. Uh, would have been his dad's birthday. He would have been 72. Um, I kind of just, again, like a, a sort of random little callback. Like, I mean, because... You know, it, I mean, it seems like not that long ago that uh, his dad died, but I mean, we're looking at the grand scheme of things. He died in season one, uh, and now we're in season three. Yeah. So, 
you know, it's over a year since this storyline's happened. And again, we're watching these, you know, fairly quickly and back to back. But for people watching this at the time, you know, that unless you've watched these religious in the beginning, you might not remember that. So, um, and I kind of like this, you know, little little bit here with Doc. And, you know, he's obviously talking about the fact, you know, he's single, nearly 40, uh, you know, no kids, no having kids. dreams. And, you know, it's a nice little scene. And then obviously, you know, I love Kim's little uh, line here where she's like talking about she wanted to be a Broadway dancer. Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, obviously, Doc. Can you picture that? No, not really. I mean, I can picture Kim Raver, but not Kim Zambrano. Um, but yeah, and I just kind of like, you know, Doc's little speech here where he's obviously, you know, talking about how his story ends with him, uh, you know, and just, this is like where it makes it sad for me because again, when you're watching the show for the first time and you don't know what's going to happen, you're like, yeah, you got plenty of time. There's going to be a happy ending for Doc. And like, spoiler alert, there's not really a happy ending for Doc. It kind of gets worse for him. So it's just like, oh, yeah. It just makes me sad. I mean, sad. we've hinted at that many times. Yeah, yeah, it just makes me sad when he sees scenes like this. Cause you know, I mean, but again, at the same time, this is what I think Third Watch does well and does differently that like, you know, life isn't full of rainbow and sunshine. And I know you've got to watch a TV no. show to escape life and you kind of have that positive outlook. But I, I respect Third Watch that they don't necessarily always go for the, you know, happy ending with all these characters, if you know what I mean. And Doc does yeah. not have a happy ending. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. But it does turn out better, even though it's even though it's not a happy ending, it does turn out better for him than it could have. True. Um, abs- yeah, you're right. But, like, I think kind of when we get to that storyline and we get to that episode, um, you know, I always hated it at first. I always hated, hated, hated what they did with him. But I've just grown to appreciate he, he a lot more. the hell out of it. Oh, yeah, but I've grown to appreciate a lot more. And it just makes so much sense now, just analysing all of this along the way. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Poor Doc. Here he is, just, you know, whatever. But then, then we've also got to, like, go here, though. It's also poor Kim, because um, this is the the big reveal. This is kind of where Kim obviously talks up and pretty much turns around and admits that, yeah, she tried to kill herself. Um, and, you know, it's it's very sad. It's very confronting and kind of just, you know, the way she sort of mentions it. And, again, props to Third Watch, because, um, as I sort of mentioned, when they did this last season, and suicide's kind of always a difficult storyline to do in uh, in TV, when particularly when it comes to a major character. So I think they handle this very well. And the fact that she admits that she did it, you know, it's kind of like, yeah. And then obviously when Doc's like, you're going to do it again. Um, and it's kind of like, you know. Um, no. No. Um, and there, you're just kind of like, you know, when they have this sort of back and forth, but you're not wasting your life, you're making a difference. It's, just, it's a nice little scene between these two. And it's really the first time these two share a scene like this. But these two will have some more and like i mean a very famous one these two will have at the end of season four um but yeah i i like kim and doc it's a nice little dynamic that gets explored every now and then but it's kind of you know this will disappear for a while but i mean these are the two most um you know senior paramedics in the house basically um easily i wonder do you think bobby would have been more senior than kim was that ever explored no because no because it was implied that they started around the same time what i yeah, it was always, or at least I always thought that they started around the same time. Anyway, yeah. So I, so I wonder, I wonder what, I wonder who had the more seniority there. Like if this, this had been explored more, but um, I mean, Kim's got the more seniority now out of everyone else. I mean, we know Taylor's above uh, Carlos as well because obviously we had that line. But um, yeah, I mean, let's be honest, Carlos eventually sort of becomes the senior paramedic <laughs> in the house by season six. But I mean, that's just because there's no other paramedics around there. Really, oh, Grace. No, I think the, I don't know if that's really yeah. explored. I can't remember. Grace, meh. 
Um, but yeah, it's, it's a nice way to end it. And kind of obviously, there's a call and it's 10.56 and then, you know, Doc's kind of like, we're still on and then it kind of ends. But we're still on. Ends the episode. I mean, this, I just like this episode because, I mean, this is a very paramedic central episode and it's, I mean, obviously it's a Doc episode technically if we're kind of going on the season two mantra of around characters, but in every way, it's kind of also a Kim episode. Um, you know, it's, it's balanced, I feel. Um, and yeah, I mean, Michael Beach and Kim Raver own this episode and I think it's kind of... You know, we know Michael Beach is a, is a great actor and handles all these type of things well, but kind of just going on what I was saying about how Kim's sort of a bit of a different character now, I just think Kim Raver just, she she shines in so much of this episode. And it's, I'm not saying she didn't shine. I mean, I talked her up so much in last season with how she handled a lot of her, you know, sol- her, well, her one solo episode. But, I mean, this is a different side of her and it's, the way she sort of acts this out is fantastic. So, yeah, I think kind of if we, we had an MVP of the week and maybe this is something we can kind of look at, you know, we do this in some of our other shows, you have like the dick of the week and things like that. But like definitely the MVP of the week is shared equally here between Kim Raver and Michael Beach. It's a great episode for both. Oh, agreed. So definitely. Yeah. But, um, definitely yeah, Adam five, five, three, a powerful episode. It's a good episode. And, uh, as I said at the beginning of this episode, I think it's one that needs to be remembered more. I mean, any closing statements here on Adam five, five, three? No, other than, you know, I do kind of wish that you do kind of have to wonder what would Doc's life has been, had been like if he were actually able to, if he had followed his, his dreams. Mm. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, I mean, look, you know, who knows? I mean, a lot of things is just is in life. Our lives would be different if we had to take different paths and things like that. So who knows? But, um, yeah. yeah, according to IMDB, this is the 14th worst episode of Third Watch and I'm calling epic bullshit what? on that. Um, and just, I mean, for me. I mean, just also looking at this in terms of some of the other ones that we do. I mean, I'm going to sort of actually put this on a table so I can get the exact number. And as I said, I'm going to rank my own sort of along the way. I'm going to hopefully fix that up soon. But um, according to this, uh, some ones that we didn't go over last season that's really ranked low. Um, I mean, according to this list, the worst episode of Third Watch ever is 32 Bullets and a Broken Heart, followed by Officer Involved, two first season episodes. <laughs> Which, no, they're not the worst episodes. Rubbish. Not at all. Rubbish. Not at all. Not even remotely close to being the worst episodes. 32 Bullets and a Broken Heart's a great episode. Um, but, I mean, you know, Officer Involved, I only rented that episode. I mean, it's not the, the greatest episode, but it's you know, it's not easily the second worst episode either. But um, some ones that we've already covered here that are ranked really, really low. The sixth worst episode apparently is Kim's Hope Chest, which I think pretty sure from remember you did that one. You rented that one, did you not, last season? Um, you, yes, you know. I rented that one. But I mean, look, I can see why people might be getting down on that episode because I kind of think that's definitely an episode where you've got to really, you know, feel a certain way with Kim. But that's not the sixth worst episode of Third Watch. History? I know I wasn't that high on history. I only rented history. But also, I said that I would probably watch history above a lot of season five and season six episodes. So that is not the seventh worst episode of Third Watch. Run of the Mill? As like the, the, what, the 10th, 11th worst episode? Get out of fucking town. That's a top 20 episode of Third Watch. Like, this is why IMDb <laughs> uses a dumb. Who is, re- who is ranking these? Yes. Um, History of the World? I'm pretty sure I only rented that. I remember Brandy was very high up on that. Um, no, I bought it, actually. I did. I, yeah, but, I mean, you know, that's not a bottom 15 episode. No way. Um, I mean, look, to put this into context, so they have Man Enough, um, Man Enough, that, oh, Man Enough at two, wow, Jesus, Man Enough is bottom 20, go fuck yourself, um, Adam 553 as the 14th worst episode, 
apparently only two spots below Ladies Day. Now, do you remember Ladies Day, Darvel? The Yokus and yes, Emily go to a bank robbery episode. <laughs> yes, I do. I do remember that one actually. Now, look, I'm not. I don't hate that episode. It's not Snowblind, but I mean, it's still kind of very. Yeah, I can tell you really hate that one. Uh yeah. Uh, I mean, Ladies Day is kind of just over the top and a little bit cheesy for my liking. I mean, it's 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 got its points, but it's just, yeah, I don't know. Whoever's ranking these on IMDb, just, I mean, there's so many ep- season one and season two episodes in the bottom half here, it's ridiculous. And the fact that, you know, there's season six episodes as high as there are, um, yeah. More monsters, I mean, it's a good episode, but is it like the 14th best episode of Third Watch? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, it was the one. Well, I can. I mean, personally, for me, as I as I said back when I first joined the podcast, it was actually the one that really got me hooked. I mean, I think on the show. it's yep. it's a, it's one that would get you hooked if you like a, a sort of a generic cop show with a massive shootout in it. Um, but if you if you're a fan of Third Watch and how this show started. It's kind of like in a weird comparison if you're a Survivor fan, and like that's where our roots start on this show. But like, it's if you love the newer su- Survivor seasons and they're kind of all like, yeah, you know, I love all this brand new stuff of Survivor. Uh, and then you went back and watched one of the original seasons, and you kind of thought, oh, these are shit. Then you're like, you're obviously a new school viewer, and not an old school viewer. You haven't been there from the beginning and realized how the show's developed. So you know, I think it's kind of well. I mean, I. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when I when I watched it, when I watched more monsters, and you know, I and I was hooked on the show. I mean, I didn't go back and watch the. I mean, I watched it then from the very beginning, and I didn't, and I wasn't like, oh, there's, oh, these early scenes are absolute shit. I know you aren't saying that, but no, 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 I'm not saying that. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's kind of. I just think it's just that. Yeah, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. What's um? I want to quickly check. This is again, we're we're really off tangent. We're going to get to our own evil review section. What's the vampire episode? <sighs> there are a few of those. Uh, how do you spell fairly belief? I'm certain that it's episode... Yeah, episode yeah. 20. How do you spell belief? So, okay, I'm scared to see how high they've rated this because uh, I'm losing all uh, credibility in this uh, list if they put this as a high episode. Um, let's see. Oh, they've got it like middle. Uh, uh, yeah, but that's still too high. They've got how do you spell belief ahead of... Season one, episode two, anywhere but here. Go fuck yourself, IMDb. Yeah, um, really? <laughs> come off it. I have to. Say, I have to say, now that we're talking about season six episodes, I cannot wait until we get to Welcome Home. Oh, what's, hang on! Don't, oh don't my tell God. me. Come Oh, that's the parent one. The when when Carlos meets Holly's parents. Yeah, that's Comedic not bad. Pe- yeah, although although that I will say that's the one. Is that the one where um where uh, Cruz does all the dancing at the end with the cult? It's either that one or the one before it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of Cruz does a dance with the cult. I'm not a fan of that, but um, I I do like Carlos. Me, this is the thing with season six, like. There's some random storylines that I really enjoy, but they're just overtaken by some crap. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, <laughs> can I just, I want to read the synopsis for an episode here on season six. All right. This is what you got. You're loving our coverage here on third watch on the Oz network. We're about to probably both buy this fantastic episode of Adam. Are we both going to buy it in the evil review section just quickly now? Yes. 
Yes, we are buying. Of course, Adam we are. Absolutely, there's no question. We're on our streaks continuing. Like we're in such a great stretch here that we just have not done anything but buy the last, you know, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen episodes. So just kind of point that out. Just how good this show is at the moment. And again, I will just reiterate by saying that even the bad episodes of season six, I'd probably watch over most television shows out there, even sort of those ones. But I just want to read you a quick little synopsis of season six, episode seventeen, Kingpin Rising, to get you excited for what we've got to deal with in a few seasons. Time. You ready for this? All right. Bos- Fire away. Ready. This is all it says. Bosco returns to duty. Okay. Fair enough. Cruz mm-hmm. investigates the deaths of four gang leaders. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Faith mm-hmm. annoys a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> By doing what? Exposing it to sunlight or something? <laughs> um, uh, it gets even better. Season 6, episode 21. This penultimate episode of Third Watch. End of tour. Emily inadvertently lets the vampires into the apartment. <laughs> uh, how could you not know who they are, Emily? <laughs> this is Third Watch. Uh- <laughs> Next Friday. <laughs> on Third Watch. <laughs> vampires at the door. <laughs> Buffy's around the and corner. The cops and a- and a cop's daughter caught in the middle. Um, now, I feel bad for kind of... Only two episodes left. I feel kind of bad for loosely joking about Because actually, this is a season six episode that I really like how they play it out. Even though some of the acting in it's a little bit sus. But um, episode 14, The Kitchen Sink, all it says is, Finny gets a call from a kid who thinks his father is going to hurt his mother. Like, they're not even trying to kind of sell you these episodes in season six anymore. <laughs> they don't really do that with TV shows in general these days when they promote them. Never mind back then. They give away everything. That's why I don't like watching TV promos or movie trailers these days, because they give away everything mm. in, like, those 30 seconds or those two minutes or whatever. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just reading, like, these seasons, and, like, again, I, I'm kind of, I always am so, like, you know, I appreciate season six every time I watch it again, but just, I'm just reading kind of what we've got to deal with in season six, like, you know, we're on such a good streak here with, uh, Bions, I feel we're going to be in such a streak with Bins in season six. (laughs) Um... You know, season five, like, um, yeah, this is, yeah, it has its moment. Anyway, all right, we're getting ahead. We're just previewing here. We're still season yeah. three. So, evil review, we both bought it. So, okay, speaking of preview, let's let's look ahead to next week. And, I mean, the thing I will say about if you are reading these kind of synopsis on Wikipedia and on the episode list, um, they are very bipolar in the fact that if you do read season six and you've literally got, like, three words explaining an episode, yet here in season three, like, looking at episode eight, Act Brave, they may, I think they just basically tell you word for word what happens. Um, but okay. But I, I love that episode. We're not, we're not up to that one. We're nearly up to that one, though. Episode six. He said, she said. Yeah. Now, this is... Um, I always forget that this episode is so soon in the season. I always felt that this storyline came a lot later. But no, it's like, it's straight down your throat. And like, this is a fascinating episode because um, it's... It's so well crafted around such a controversial thing. And this is kind of like a really well done episode that, yeah, you might argue this is all about the job and you feel like I complain a lot about, you know, when it doesn't. I'm, I, I don't complain about there about the job. I just, it's, we'll get to sort of things around that. But what he's done so well, this is an episode where you really are, as a viewer, guessing. You are trying to believe one side or the other. 
and you're just you're constantly second guessing you know the victim and you're second guessing the police and it's kind of it's just so well done and i mean it ends on a cliffhanger and kind of just i don't know i think it's this is such a strong episode and kind of it's, it's setting some groundwork for some things with bosco to come this season um you know it's, it's just yes. so good we've got a bit of carlos's uh storyline coming up here with his apartment which is fun um yeah yeah we've got some you know <laughs> especially yeah, go ahead. Especially Sergeant, especially Sergeant Christopher. Oh, we've got some douchey, homophobic Sergeant Christopher as well. Um, so I think Sergeant Christopher himself swings the other way, and he's just yeah. trying to cover it up. <laughs> but having said that, Carlos it's isn't no- exactly completely innocent when it comes out. He's a bit homophobic in the next episode. Episode, yeah, he me. is. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very again unique episode, an interesting episode, and a good episode. So um, yeah, any any thoughts on he said, she said? Nope. Nope. Not until we get to it. <laughs> and we'll be back to that one next week. As always, remember to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe online, and, uh, yeah, we obviously look forward to uh, hearing any viewpoints along the way, and we always appreciate any feedback that you do wish to give us if you have any, uh, and we obviously appreciate all the support that you are giving us when it comes to our Third Watch coverage exclusively, and uh, we hope you enjoy the show as much as we enjoy watching it and bringing it to you as well but as we always do we close out an episode by saying my name is ben and i'd rather defend a suicide attempt than uh, i don't even know what i'm saying that's a dumb quote to say uh it might be a whack job i might be a whack job but at least i'm not a ball buster there you go <laughs> my name is darvell and i think you're permanently premenstrual or something. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.